Salutations, peace and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. So I am doing an abbreviated podcast show, and I got to start by asking the question, what's, what comes to your mind when you think about a person that gets paid after a broken leg? So we're talking about the player here that's drafted by team. Team starts player. Player does well. Team has doubts. Player isn't signed by team. Team franchises player. Prayer, player breaks leg. And then team signs player to four years, $160 million, of which $126 million of that is guaranteed. What blows my mind is that there are businesses out there that look at injuries as a form of benefit. Most places, if you're injured, something happens to you, God forbid anything should happen to you medically, suffer a stroke, heart attack, what have you. The company looks at you as a liability. They look at you differently. They don't look at you as the same as it was when you first started with the company, right? So now, Dak Prescott comes to the scene and does an extraordinary job for the last few years. He becomes Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I should say. And now he is committed to a Dallas team of which he wants to go nowhere but Dallas. He negotiates with Dallas. Dallas decides that he wants they want to sign him for five years. Dak fights with Dallas. And before long, Dak does not get his way. Dak does not get the contract that he wants. So Dallas says, we will franchise you for a year, of which I believe at that time, the handwriting was on the wall that Dak was no longer going to be a part of that team. So they franchise tag him. Then he breaks his leg fourth game into the season, this past season, 2020. So now he misses the rest of the season, rehabilitates, heals up, and negotiates again with Dallas, of which Dallas gives in and says, we need you to be a part of this team for life. We want you to be our franchise quarterback. And so they signed him to four years, not the five that Dallas was fighting with, four years, $160 million. 126 of that is guaranteed money. 66 he would get the start of next season, 66 million. What bothers me about this contract? Two things really bother me. One, this is hush-hush money. Make no mistake, this is what we do to try to silence the crowd. We finally signed him to a deal that we feel is worthy of Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott deserves that money, especially after what we just saw this past season. Okay, make no mistake about it. He deserves the money. But is he worth $160 million to a to a team that refused to sign him just two seasons ago? Last season they decided to franchise franchise tag him because they didn't think that he would he would last long with that team. Whether Jerry Jones had uh doubts, whether he had heard something, or perhaps he had an agenda against Dak Prescott as a person, 
it really became the question of if Dallas really wanted a Dak Prescott. Outside of what we've seen with other quarterbacks that were drafted before Dak that season, I believe it was 2016, there would be no reason why Dak Prescott shouldn't be a part of this team, given that Jared Goff and Carson Wentz depleted or regressed during a time that Dak Prescott aggressed or progressed with that team. He ascended beyond belief. I, I, I got to believe they did not expect this man to do as well as he did. So perhaps Dak held all the cards. Maybe Dak felt as though he was going to get his way no matter what happened. And the fact that he was willing to sacrifice his body for the sake of that team and considering what the numbers showed prior to his to his um, his accident makes even more the statement that Dak is a worthy competitor and a worthy quarterback for this team, for this organization. It's the moxie. It's the maturity. It's the desire that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy. You can't ignore that. It's what makes you who you are as a Dallas Cowboy. And the fact that we're talking about Dak and any other quarterback that you want to throw at him, the truth of the matter is this. He makes up at least 32 points every time he's on the field. This guy is throwing somewhere close to 500 yards a game. His passing average is somewhere up there at 380. Now, come on, let's, let's be honest with each other. This could be hush-hush money. But the second thing I can think of is the fact that morally, Jerry Jones is bonding, connecting to this man. Look at what happened to Dak Prescott prior to the injury. Of course, he lost his mother some time back. Brother decides to commit suicide. There's a lot on this man's plate. There's a lot that he's fighting for that may be outside or exceeds football. So now Jerry Jones has a heart. He realized that Dak is his man. And the fact that Dak could speak so freely and so genuine about the organization and about Jerry Jones, it probably touched his heart. Now, I'm not trying to make this sentimental, so please forgive me if that's what it sounds like. But we also know just how valuable a player and a quarterback Dak Prescott is. He goes to any other team. He becomes a threat to that Dallas Cowboy organization. They take a black guy for what Dak Prescott can do to that team, and they can't afford that. They can't afford to lose out on an opportunity to have somebody that can do the damage for them as opposed to being damaged by Dak. Does that make any sense? Maybe it doesn't for some of you guys out there. But for, for, but for a person that's been following football for a long time, finding franchise quarterbacks has become the name of the game for the last five seasons. Dare I say, maybe even 10 seasons. But it's the fact that we can franchise we could franchise a quarterback and to think that that quarterback is the perfect fit for the team. However, you take a risk if you decide, well, we're going to franchise tag him twice. Just ask Washington. Washington is now beyond themselves, up over end, because now they don't have a franchise quarterback. But you did. You did at one point. And Kirk Cousins took full advantage of that when he went to Minnesota. Perhaps that's what Washington was trying to avoid. And I got to think, essentially, 
This is what the Dallas Cowboys was trying to avoid. Now, this looks better for Dak. This looks better for Dallas. This looks better for Jerry Jones. And in the direction that this team has to go. Because now that we're ascending with Dak Prescott, the team as itself collectively has to ascend. Everything has to be put in place. Everything has to work like like a like an engine with fine oil. It, it's it's got to be able to register in such a way where when it's time to play the teams in the division, that the Cowboys are always going to be favored. They're always going to be the talented team, and they always have to be the ones to take advantage of the opportunity. Washington has to do the same thing. They just released Alex Smith. They just resigned Taylor Heineke to two years. So now they understand that the competition lies in Dallas. With all due respect to Philly and with all due respect to the Giants, Washington understands they have to compete with Dallas. The opportunity they had to get a Dak Prescott disappeared over the last 48 hours or so. But this is where we are in football. It's all about the franchise quarterback. It, it's what we're paying top dollar for. Top dollar. No other player in the NFL has the contract that Dak Prescott has. Is he worthy of it? Yes. Should they have given him $160 million? Or better yet, the better question is, should they have given him $126 million guaranteed? The question here is guaranteed money. Even if he's franchised, that money is guaranteed. The fact that this man received $126 million after breaking his leg, such a very critical break of his leg, the question really becomes, is he worthy of that money? Maybe time will tell. Maybe Jerry Jones is going to let this man hang with his own rope. Figuratively speaking, of course. I don't think Dak is going to hang. It's more so the fact that Jerry Jones is saying, we are investing so much money in you. And in spite of the cap, we're going to see to it that you succeed in this organization. And we believe you can do so. The flip side to that is, if he doesn't succeed, what happens to that money? This is probably why it's a win-win for Dak Prescott. Because either way, the man gets the money that he wants. Everything that he might have lost for the last few years going into this contract was made up for in that guaranteed money. So says the commission. Uh, not much time left. I did get a chance to watch over the championship weekend here. We're talking about college basketball. And I just want to pay homage to a man that deserves the credit. Patrick Ewan took his team, his Georgetown Hoya men's college basketball team, to the Big East championship game and won. What's really monumental about this win is not so much the fact that Georgetown has won eight Big East championships, nor is it the fact that Patrick Ewan is responsible for three of them. But now he stands as the only person to win Big East championship as a player and Big East championship as a coach. This coming ironically a few days ago, of which people had to look at his ID to figure out if he was even Patrick Ewan. What an insult. If anybody's not bothered by that, shame on you. I can't imagine Michael Jordan going into the United States or having to, to show his ID. 
Now, yeah, he did win six championships, so maybe it goes without saying, but Patrick Ewan is one of the reasons why Madison Square Garden is the Mecca. He is a, he is a fond and very strong reason why, when you talk about Madison Square Garden, one of the few names you think about outside of Clyde Frazier, Earl the Pearl Monroe, is Patrick Ewan. His number 33 still hangs in the rafters. And that comes off going to the NBA Finals twice. Now, say what you want about Patrick Ewing. Maybe there are a lot of people that still can't remember what he did 30 years ago. But let's, let's be clear on one thing, ladies and gentlemen. There is no denying who and what Patrick Ewing is to such a place like Madison Square Garden and for that Knicks organization. And for anybody to have to ask for his ID should have been fired. They should have been reprimanded. Probably they should have been suspended without being fired. Or maybe they needed to have been fired on the spot. Because it's such an insult to such an organization that you'd have to ask this man, who is he and why are you here? You mean to tell me you don't know who Patrick Ewing is? You mean to tell me you never watch a Knicks basketball game in your life? Whether it been on ESPN or or uh, what is it, SNY or the NBA Network, whatever it is that they call it? Let's, let's give credit where credit is due. Let's recognize the fact that there are people out there that are a reason why many of them have a job today, in large part, essentially, because of the fact that you're talking about Patrick Ewing and the work he's done with that organization so many years ago. So for him to win this championship this evening, this Big East championship, it, it, it really brings things back to fruition. It brings everything back to main circle. Because now we see for sure, without a doubt, who this man really is. So says the commission. I want to thank everybody that's been listening to this podcast at this point. I'm going to do my best to have another one for you soon. With that being said, hope everybody has a great weekend. Peace and love to all those out there. This is the Commission. I'm out.